Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Religions, Regimes and Refugees and Their Multicultural Mess. Um, my name is Al and I welcome you tonight to um, a brief episode to talk about some of the remaining structures from ancient civilizations. We talked about two briefly uh, the previous times. Uh, Easter Island in the Pacific Ocean and Olentiambo Fortress in Peru. So today we'll talk about a couple of more uh, places, Bolivia and another place in Peru. So we'll look at Tihuaticano and Lake Titicaca, Bolivia. Now Lake Titicaca is a lake not far from the Bolivian capital situated about 4,000 kilometers above sea level. It sits on the border of Bolivia and Peru. Lake Titicaca is a remnant of what was previous mega lake called Mantaro. No one knows the exact time phase of this lake, but it would have dated back to what is known as about the Quaternary period. So about 100 million years ago, um, there was a massive cataclysm and which could have left a huge, large quantity of water isolated inland, which today forms Lake Titicaca. That's the flora and fauna in this lake, uh, including it, the fossilized f corals that are found, all belong to ocean species, not found on the mainland. The water is more salty than an regular inland lake, which indicates that at one point in history, this lake was at sea level. 20 kilometers from the lake on its southern shores lies the ruins of Tuticano. They are ruins of an abandoned city even when the Spanish uh, invaded South America. So no one really knows who lived there when it was built or by whom. It seems to have a port, however, as it's built on the banks of a river, but it's about 30 kilometers higher than normal. Geological events can explain the phenomenon of change in the topography of a landscape, but not in a short lapse of time for 1500 years, as published in the official history of the region. Other evidence of much older existence is the fact that the northwest corner of these ruins is an ancient structure, a monolith called Kalasasaya, also known as the Gate of the Sun. Carved on this monolith are strange animals that existed on these plains about 12,000 years ago. No less than 46 species of mammals were found carved on the site. Mammals, I believe, that have existed 1.5 million years ago and died around 12,000 years ago. One very, very important feature of these ruins is, the, is that Kalasasia is an astronomical construction. It faces true north and follows the sunrise and the sunset. Um, it was researched and verified by Bolivian and international scientists through the ages of construction, through the angles of construction and the corresponding curvature of the earth, that this monument was built approximately 15,000 years ago. Uh, this corresponds to a little prior to the Ice Age. Uh, there is a deity of this region, it's called Vara Koka, um, and has a lot in common with the god of Osiris of Egypt and the pyramids. Um, it's not the only commonality they share. The traditional sailing boats have a lot in common with the ones in the Nile, on the Nile in Egypt. The same ones used by the Egyptian pharaohs. That's not a coincidence, is it? Well, 
um, for now it is because that's the official version we have to thank I have to thank Graham Hancock for bringing this about in his documentaries I think it's fantastic learning about this um, this monument um, and him bringing us to life so we'll go quickly to the next one it's called Nazca Lines in Peru um, in the Peruvian desert 200 miles out of Lima lies a plain between the Inca and Nazca valleys. Across this plain is an area about 37 miles long and one mile wide with a series of straight lines forming many different patterns, including several geometric patterns. About 70 animal and plant lines etched out and about 900 geometric patterns etched on the ground. Uh, these lines were only discovered first in, in um, 1927 I think and it was an aircraft that was had spotted these lines when surveying the desert for water uh, the many theories put forward to explain these formations you know said that the astronomical sketches laid down by early civilizations but no one can say for certain um, which civilization or when was created so we had a loss for words at this one um, and similarly if you go down to the chandelier de Paracas, uh, another um, um, ancient structure in the Peruvian desert. It's a geoglyph uh, in the National Reserve of Paracas. It's a, it's about 70 meters wide and 180 meters long with 50 centimeters in depth. No one knows who etched it on the ground, but we are looking at a timeline of approximately 2,000 years and more. Um, Quickly, we'll go to the pyramids of East Giza from here. Uh, I really don't know what I can say that's not already been said. Um, it's officially it's the tombs of the ancient pharaohs, and the three pyramids we're talking about uh, on the Giza plateau um, in Cairo are the geomagnetic center of the planet. Very, very important point to note. Um, if you're following this podcast, um, we are a geo, we are an electromagnetic field, and the center of that electromagnetic field on the on the planet is Cairo and the Giza Plateau. Um, after painstaking research done by an Egyptian architect called Robert Boval with the wrote the book the constellation of orion and i think it's a very good book for everyone to read um he was the one who brought out that these pyramids um basically mimicked the constellation of orion in on earth it was a metaphor to the astronomers to astronomy officially they were tombs they were built around 2500 bc as tombs of the egyptian kings However, the geometric perfection and alignment with the stars used in their construction, there's no way that the Egyptians had tools uh, to construct what they did. Um, these astronomical monuments were originally covered with 144,000 casing stones made of limestone that would act as gigantic mirrors to reflect the light. They all have fallen off over the centuries. Um, a few numbers for our readers and uh, listeners. The Great Pyramid covers 55,000 square meters, with each side greater than 20,000 square meters. 
the interior is a constant uh, 20 degrees Celsius, the cornerstone foundations of the pyramid have ball and socket constructions capable of dealing with heat and expansion and earthquakes. No one can understand uh, the chemical composition of the motor used modern man with all its knowledge cannot replicate it. It's aligned to true knot with 360 degree of error. Um, this direction of the north pole moves over time and at one time, all three pyramids were aligned to true north. All the great pyramids have four sides, but at dawn and sunset on spring and the autumn equinox, you will realize that each side is indented. Uh, that is, they're slightly concave, which means they actually have eight sides. If you didn't know that, uh, you do now. Um, this is only visible from the air when there's a shadow cast on the pyramid. Um, the pyramid weighs approximately 6,000 tons, which, if multiplied by 10, you get the mass of the Earth. Um, the relationship between pi and phi is uh, expressed in fundamental proportions on the pyramid. Um, it's 1.618. It is the center, like I mentioned, of the geomagnetic... Um, so should I say the geomagnetic center of the planet? And uh, the east and west parable and north and south meridian cross only two places on the earth. One is in the ocean and the other is the Great Pyramid. Uh, what a jewel in the crown um, that the ancients have left us. We have uh, to be greatly, uh, to be very grateful for their hard work and uh, their stories and the monuments that they've given us. Now, to make a long story short, uh, the circumference of the Earth at the latitude of the Great Pyramid, the arc of the, the equator of the Great Pyramid, all match. Uh, the margin of error for the measurements is, is so minimal, minimal, we have never been able to replicate it. To make a long story short, there's no way the Pyramids of Giza were built by chance. There was no way it was built by Egyptians. So who did build these? What tools did they use? Even, even if they did. Well, they didn't leave a single note behind. No literature, no carvings on the walls, just a pyramid. Well, it's up to us to find out who they were. And quickly we'll go to another um, monumental site um, left on the planet from a previous um, civilization called Yonaguni in Japan. Now, on the southern coast of Japan lies a submerged structure about 26 meters below the sea that archaeological archaeological archaeologists is estimated to be between 10,000 and 12,000 years old. It is a, its origins are unknown. It was discovered in 1995. Some say it's a natural structure, while others say it's man-made. The ancient structure consists of monolithic blocks of stone, which appear to be installed perfectly, together with the angles, joints, carvings, and staircases. There seems to be... it seems to be remnants of an ancient civilization that existed when the sea levels were much lower. With the Ice Age, one will remember that the sea levels rose above 400 feet and submerged many civilizations that existed along, along the banks of the river and along the ocean front. 
This structure also faces true not. And a professor, a Japanese professor at the University of Okinawa, is, is one of the Japan's leading marine biologists and a professor emeritus. In Graham Hancock's documentary, The Quest for the Lost Civilization, the professor stakes his reputation on saying that these structures are man-made and not a natural formation. Now, he says that based on the sea level changes, the structure is more than 9,000 years old. The last time the sea level was low uh, was before the Ice Age, which means the monument could have been constructed way before that. Uh, Hancock goes on to say that this monument has astronomical characteristics as well as it points southward. There's a major east-west feature running through it. 9,900 years ago, this monument stood at the ancient Tropic of Cancer. Over 10,000 years, the position of the Earth has shifted about one degree, and to construct an astronomical monument like the one at Yanaguni requires a precise knowledge of astronomy. Well, we will stop here for today. Um, just a few monuments that we've covered. I hope you will note that down and, and research it yourself. So Yanaguni in Japan, we got the pyramids of Giza. Um, we have the chandelier of the Paracas in Peru. We have Nazca lines, also Peru. And we have Lake Titicaca and Tihuatecano in Bolivia. Um, great sites great knowledge to research and to have. I hope you can find everything there is to and we'll see you at the next podcast. Thank you for listening and good night.